Well, uh, taking a look at your case file, uh, well, it's a pleasure to meet you, uh, Miss B. Yep. Yep. That's your. Yep. That's your name. Okay. Whatever. Just B. Just B. All right. Yeah. I've yeah. seen weirder names. That's fine. Fine. A B is a great name. Don't worry about it. I'm your lawyer. Uh, my name is Stephen Clark Esquire. I'll be taking care of your case here today. It looks like we got a little bit of, oh, some uh, reckless endangerment there. Oh, can't keep yeah. those, uh, gotta keep those hands at 10 and two. Gotta tell you that. Uh, well, just before we uh, really get into your case, uh, I, I've got a couple options here for you that you might want to consider. Maine's just uh, instated a new uh, alternative advisors council program that you might be interested in. Okay, uh, what what is what are my options? I guess. Well, these days, you know, people aren't really trusting of the experts, so we like to uh, open up some. Uh, uh, additional ideas or options or perspectives they might like as far as representation in their cases. So uh, today, uh, as far as who's available for you, for you we've got uh, Jimbo the Clown. He is actually a defense attorney, uh, and he's got about a 50-50 win, win ratio here. So uh, you really good. Uh, just flip a uh, flip a coin on that one. You know, sometimes he comes in with a stellar case. Other times he just comes in with a rubber chicken and some uh, horns on his shoes and clamps around for a half hour. So uh, uh, okay. you really don't know um, what you're going to get with Jimbo. No, I'm good. Next. Uh, the other option here, I got your neighbor, Paul, uh, who. As you know, he likes every Sunday morning around 630 in the morning, he likes to take his jackhammer and go over the same bit of driveway every Sunday for about 30 minutes. He will bring in the jackhammer to your case and turn it on at any moment. A uh, unfavorable piece of evidence comes in front of the jury or the court. So that's a pretty good option, actually. What are my other options or is that it? Uh, I could bring in my living girlfriend, uh, Levine, for you. She's she's so nice. She'd be great emotional support to get you through this. Anyway, those are the options here for you. Are you considering any of the alternative uh, advisors here? How how much more money does it cost for me to it just I, have exactly. have you as my defense? I'm technically more money, but you know we're just experimenting with the budget here. Jimbo is about half my rate because, you know, he's a clown. Uh, but, you know, the state is able to keep him on a retainer for quite a pretty penny here. But you said he's a lawyer, so that means he's barred, right? Yeah, he's barred. Barely, but he's there. You know what? I really like horns on the shoes. We're doing it. All Tell right, Jimbo. flip that coin. All right, I'll sign you up. On this episode of Homegrown Horror, we talk about the 24-year-long killing spree of James Hicks, Maine's most infamous serial killer. We also talk about our past holiday and wanted to give a shout out to all you lovely listeners out there for supporting us. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello! Hello. Hello. Welcome to Homegrown so much harder to do the singing over this.
We'll sync it up in post. It'll um, be okay. Yeah. We'll try our best. It might. I mean, we might just both be completely off. Uh, whatever. It's it's fine. Well, yeah, this is our first time Homegrown Horror is remote. Welcome to Remote Homegrown Horror. Yeah, um, it was bound to happen, the world we live in right now. And it's happening right now. Right this very moment. Uh, Yeah, so if it sounds different, we're doing it on Zoom, if you didn't realize that. So, yeah, but, you know, it's fine. Uh, it's great to, you know, speak in front of the computer you're always working at (laughs) (laughs) to talk to your friends. It's so weird because I, it's so, the couch is so empty. (laughs) The couch is empty. I'm so Um, alone. I know. And I wish I could be there, but, uh, you know, it's not so bad, but for listeners, I got, I got the vids Mm -hmm. a little bit ago, um, but I am, uh, and every, as everybody knows, as B knows, I am uh, staunchly against the poison jab and uh, like to have more agency over my body than the sheeple around me. Just kidding. I am vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> I am doubly vaccinated. Doubly. Doubly so. Hold on one second. Doubly so. My wife is trying to call me in the middle of recording. <laughs> this is good. This is a good start. Everything's going <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, so but you made out pretty good, all things considered, with the vid. I did make out pretty good. I mean, the worst of it, honestly, it was just, it really just sucked because of the timing. Uh, we completely lost out on Christmas. Wife and I got it. We're both vaccinated, breakout, breakthrough cases. And uh, yeah, we've been, Emily taking it a bit harder but she's okay she's recovering it's just taking a little longer for her to get over it but yeah for two days solid at least or and three in the case of my wife we've just been laid out in bed like can't move just the fatigue the fever and that's it 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 is mild in comparison to whatever else what everybody else has been dealing with but yeah just like over christmas break not so fun we were gonna go see uh her grandparents and now can't do that and uh no, just the whole thing. It's just a wash. Yeah, Christmas is a wash. We ate KFC uh, for okay, but that's Christmas not that dinner bad. and evening. <laughs> KFC not bad. is great. Really isn't bad. Like, glad we had the suggestion for it and the foresight for KFC for Christmas. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really not so bad. Um, but still such a bummer. Can't see people. Been quarantining responsibly i know you guys came (laughs) like you had to come pick up your microphone we put everything out on the sun porch for you to pick up yes (laughs) yeah i had to do a bit of social distance pickups and like using it was so weird it was weird yeah (laughs) just like open the door for you you come up and we wave through the window (laughs) hello (laughs) it's like i'm a some kind of like it's like i have to be in a fish tank at all times Mm -hmm. Let's just put you in a bubble. That'll be fine. Bubble boy. Bubble boy. I'd be cool being a bubble boy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just a big zorb, really. Yeah. You know. Exactly. Yeah. And those are fun. And then yeah, we had we went up to Rockland uh, as Home Alone Five has taught us. It is the Christmas capital of Maine. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So we were up there. Uh, We came home Christmas night. We beat the storm because we just really wanted to be in our own bed after, you know, family can take it out of you. Yeah, yeah. Family can be exhausting. So. In 
Oh, yeah. Especially when... All its fun ways. Especially when you have a adorable four-year-old niece who is just... She was so cute, but oh my God, so focused on... <laughs> where's Polly's presence? <laughs> which is... <laughs> she was just obsessed with the presence. Yes, which is funny. I mean, you gotta expect that. She did get the one thing that she wanted, which was an LOL surprise doll, which for those who are not hip to the toys of today... That's me. I'm not. <laughs> is um, this doll that it comes in like, it looks like a test tube, but it's supposed to be a purse. But the idea is that you don't know. It's like a, it's like a mystery box, but with dolls. Okay. So it's a blind box for dolls. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's All a right. little, like the one that, sh- like, they're little, they're like babies that are dressed in like hip clothing. I guess <laughs> is the best way to put it. Definitely. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, as I was looking at this, I'm like, this definite, this outfit definitely looks like this baby shops at Nasty Gal. <laughs> so, so it's a test tube baby? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> you describe, it comes out of a test tube yeah. handbag. Yes. So it's a surprise test tube baby. Yes. And then also she lost the little baby bottle because you feed the baby the baby bottle and then that allows her to cry or squirt water out of her ears or squirt it out of her mouth or pee. <laughs> because children Why are is it coming out of her ears? <laughs> no, children are obsessed with bodily, bodily fluids. Uh, yeah, they love so, it. So yeah, she lost the baby bottle and I spent conservatively 30 minutes looking for it. Turns out it was just inside the test tube the whole time. <laughs> you cannot trust the word of a child about, did you, did you check the test tube? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I Don't take, the ever test take tube. their word for I it. I did. I can't trust myself. Oh, so this is on this you. This is on me. <laughs> I checked it because she broke it and I fixed it and I thought I checked it. <laughs> oh man (laughs) but it was really fun uh we watched tinkerbell with her because allegra bought her a book on fairies and we bought her a fairy light that we made and it's like this little light bulb with a fairy inside of it like a fairy silhouette and i guess she loves it and she uses it as a nightlight now so it's really cute and did did she have like a favorite present she gravitated the lol surprise doll the surprise doll that was literally we walked in the house and she's like <laughs> that's freaking awesome that's her favorite so it was nice to see family and then we drove home very slowly uh, i made allegra listen to our bonus episode on the way home. <laughs> you forced her you're, you're like uh and i'm gonna be putting this on for the drive, for the drive home <laughs> yep so then we just sort of chill have been relaxing the last couple of days uh yesterday Woke up to a bird in our bedroom. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I woke up to, so Allegra woke up to a bird in the bedroom. So she said that she was like resting her eyes because she had sort of woken up to like eight o'clock in the morning. And yeah. I hear her scream, Oh my God. She's like screaming. And she says, There's a. And I'm like, is someone climbing through the window? Because the way she screamed, I was like, we're getting attacked. (laughs) Then she finishes a bird. And I'm like, what? So I wake up and yes, there's a little bird just 
flapping so aggressively being like where am I where am I where am I because we keep the window open a little bit because we both Allegra overheats at night and the fan wasn't enough so the bird flew in I don't know I don't think it flew in I think it landed on the windowsill and then hopped in because it couldn't figure how to fly out right yeah so it just like Okay, I know what you're talking about. There is a little bit of a gap between your windows uh, yes. when it comes to the, the two sections. Correct. So we had to plan it because it was like flying in between the two windows and it, it, it was like hitting itself off the glass. So once it oh my flew gosh. towards me, Allegra ran and flew, flung the window open and it took it a little while and it just like sat for a minute and we're like, you got this, you got this. You can do you got it. This little there guy. You go. And then he flew out, and then I slammed the window shut. <laughs> Don't come back. <laughs> so enough excitement for one day. <laughs> so you had a disoriented bird in your. <laughs> How long did it take for you guys to uh, get out? Uh, I want to say it was only like maybe five minutes. Five minutes? Okay, so it wasn't too bad. No. And Allegra and I have a lot of experience getting animals out of houses because when we used to live at the farm, bats would get in. Yeah, they fly down through the chimneys a lot. Yeah, so we we were in charge of catching the bats. (laughs) You're the bat catchers. You're designated bat catchers. Yes, (laughs) and it's very similar. Flying animals get disoriented when they're in a house. And then mm-hmm. in closed yeah. space, they're like, the actual fuck. <laughs> There's been more than a few times where, uh, yeah, in Connecticut, we would have bats fly mm-hmm. in through the chimney. And there'd be a bat in the living room just, you know, flapping around, mm-hmm. not knowing what to do with itself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and then it's always uh, my, it's a victory yeah. when they fly off. Okay. They yeah, made it. Unharmed. Totally fine. They don't mean to be in your home. Yeah. So that was just like, that was like kind of stressful in the moment, but now it's a fun story. That's like my funnest story that I have of my absolutely bonkers Christmas season. (laughs) (laughs) The highlight of the Christmas season, waking up to a bird. It must have been kind of adorable on its own. It was very, it was, it was just a small little thing it was cute i was gonna ask did you know which type of bird it was like a little sparrow i think it was probably a sparrow i think we're because allegra's usually pretty good at identifying the birds but i think she was a little too freaked out to (laughs) yeah she was on edge her adrenaline must have been pumping yeah (laughs) because you just wake up to this this flapping noise just out of the blue something you're not expecting I find that very funny that the the bird probably hopped in and then was shocked <laughs> at what happened and immediately just started panicking. Surprise Pikachu face. Just like, oh no, I'm in an unfamiliar space after dropping down this hole. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of, that's my roundup. That's my roundup of that fun is the stuff roundup. that's happened to me. <laughs> That's more exciting than what I've been doing, which is absolutely nothing and just feeling sorry for myself. What, you're not playing video (laughs) games or anything? I wasn't really. I mean, uh, now I am. Now that I am better, I am playing video games. And uh, ashamedly, I would say, I've been playing 
to to recover i was playing stardew and now that i feel a lot better i'm playing skyrim for the 70th time (laughs) (laughs) i just need something mindless where i'm just murdering people (laughs) i'm playing my wizard character and just blasting dudes with lightning it's so empowering do you just you have an affinity for being a wizard because you're also you're you're a wizard in D D, right Yes. yes and hilariously enough they have the same name in the files. Oh, do they really? Great. Love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Ovius the Necromancer. I am playing. Uh, I made an Ovius character a while back in Skyrim for nerdy reasons. <laughs> just a further roleplay. Or hit my roleplay itch because I was just so excited about playing D&D again. Yeah. <laughs> so I just made my character in Skyrim. <laughs> <laughs> it works. So. Absolutely. Now, this is our last episode for... 2021 it absolutely is I hope you've got something excellent for me I I really do actually I'm very excited about this story I'm not well you know excited is a wrong term for the show it really is you can't be like giddy over this kind of stuff because it's just going to be depressing as fuck which it is but um I've got the story of Probably Maine's premier serial killer. Okay. I would say serial killer that probably mostly killed within the state. Okay. Yeah. Because there are like other serial killers out there from Maine that have kind of moved around. But this one is primarily in the state. His acts have committed in Maine. Yeah. Okay. And his name is, um, he's pretty famous. So I don't know if you know anything about this guy. You probably have heard about him. And I'm really... Uh, sure, our listeners have also heard about him, but I just thought it'd be really cool to talk about because I knew nothing about this story coming in here. But we're going to be talking about uh, <laughs> James Rodney Hicks, um, also known as Jimmy. Jimmy Hicks. Uh, Jimmy Hicks. <laughs> I, yeah, I right now just the name does not ring a bell. Doesn't ring a bell no. for you. The axe, you got maybe, but yeah. his name not really. Gotcha. I, I would got I gotta say though, like Jimmy right off the bat, terrible name. That's a serial killer. You gotta be wary if anybody named Jimmy coming around oh, no. here. Because Allegra has a cousin. Jimmy is too Allegra has a cousin Jimmy, and I have an uncle Jimmy. <laughs> okay, yeah, you did mention the Jimmys earlier. <laughs> Keep an eye on them. Okay. <laughs> well, my uncle goes also goes by Jimbo. So is he safe if Jimbo. we go by Jimbo? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that sounds great. He sounds like a client. <laughs> Okay. Actually, no, there is a famous serial killer clown, so mm, still on your shit yeah. list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got it. Eyes open, so peeled. Tell me why. <laughs> I'll tell you why. So James is actually uh, still alive today, uh, and he's in prison for life for what he has committed. Um, and he has three victims to his name. And I was able to pull up a lot of good information about this guy. So Hicks was born in April 17th of 1951 in Etna, Maine. Uh, and he was born into a pretty poor family. Um, and even his father, uh, and, and bad family dynamics because his father ended up leaving leaving the family when he was uh, at a young age. Whereabouts is Etna? Etna is in Penobscot, Maine. Okay. So we're safe. Okay. We're, not a, we're not anywhere near a rustic here. Love it. We're... Uh, we're in a pretty decent air. Well, you know, sort of. Uh, where is that near? Uh, 
Oh no, uh, I'm gonna get quizzed here. Bangor. Yeah, you did it right. <laughs> I did it right. It sounds so wrong Bangor. to say it. Banger. <laughs> I'm firing you. Continue. The oh, I didn't know I could be fired. This is awful news. <laughs> So yeah, James had a pretty rough life growing up. Um, well, you could assume pretty rough. Poverty, single parent, no father. Um, there was, though, a history of violence even within his youth. Like, he had incidents in his like elementary school where he would lash out specifically at young girls. He cut a girl once. Um, he would also act cruelly towards animals, hitting dogs, kicking cats. Yeah, the violence towards animals, <laughs> Eating that's, your goldfish. that's pretty standard for serial killer history. Like, we see that as a pattern. I think it's interesting that he specifically lashes out at young girls. Yeah, he lashed out, well, in, in his youth, young girls, you know, yes. the girls that he was in proximity to. Co- that correct. makes sense, you know. Yeah, but yeah, like, um, the lashing out at people is kind of startling at a young age. Mm-hmm. Like, so intentionally, too. Like, one of the stories was, like, he pushed a girl off a bike and cut her and stuff. And, um, like, just kind of rough stuff here, man. Like, but his spree of murders, his three in total, they lasted for, um, they took apart, uh, took over the course of 24 years. Okay. So this guy was undiscovered or, well, frankly, he was um, not put to justice soon enough. It's kind of, it's really a failure of, like, the police uh, on this one, I think, mm-hmm. that he wasn't put away sooner. I th- but he was on a, on the shit list for a while with the police. Yeah, I I think that's also pretty standard with serial killers, is they also will take breaks. Mm. And so that it's that sort of characteristic of serial killers versus, like, spree killers, there are very specific things, but serial killers have to have a break in between because it's like a period of like, I don't know if it's like they've satisfied it for a period of time, but I think that's why a lot of them don't get caught is because it's harder to connect these killings. You can say people think that they're not related. Yeah. If they're unrelated, no pattern between them or yeah, it just kind of seems sporadic. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're like, if it's a, you know, a lot of serial killers kind of like move around or whatnot, or or at least that's the high profile ones you hear about. Correct. Ones that move around. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Uh, you got I me. I got you. Well, well let's uh, kind of jump into his first victim. All the women in his life, by the way, they've had some kind of like um, relationship with, with James. So it wasn't necessarily he was going for random victims they were all women that have had a relationship with him or are in a relationship with him um in some form or another there is one case i suppose you could say was more random more random you'd say but we can get into that so james spent his first victim which also uh, coincidentally is his first wife in 1969 and when he was about 17 or 18 years old, high school. Um, and at the age of, at 19 years, uh, her name is uh, Jenny, by the way. Jenny Hicks. Or, hold on. I say, do you know her maiden name? 
Her maiden name was uh, Jenny Lynn. Okay. Okay. So yeah, they got married so young though. Um, and so married at 19 years old, this was around 1970. Uh, they end up in that year also having a daughter named Veronica. Oh, they're moving and through, fast. Okay. They're moving real fast. Yeah. Real young, have a kid. The guy didn't re- uh, James didn't really have much prospects for work. He was able to get some work eventually at a woodmill uh, under a labor union job. So he was able to get something consistent. But for a while, yeah, there was a lot of financial struggle for this family. And evidently that results sometimes in arguments. Um, and throughout their entire marriage, there'd be re- some kind of notice of a... Um, domestic dispute violence against jenny uh jenny even tried to file for divorce at one point through their um, marriage but she stopped when she found out she was pregnant and uh she ended up giving birth to seth hicks in 1974 they have two kids within you know the first four years of their marriage after 1974 though jenny gets a job as a kitchen worker at a nursing home and the marriage keeps getting strained, maybe because like Jenny is now bringing in some more money as well into the relationship. Like sometimes an individual like might feel as if they had some, he might have some kind of inferiority complex. I definitely feel like he he's the type of person that seems like he would be upset if yeah. his wife was making more money or even just her being a breadwinner in general, even if they are both making money. It's like a failure yeah. on his part. Yeah, absolutely. Like he probably feels like he needs to have as much control over the relationship as possible as well. That being financial control can be probably a big motivator. Which was interesting to me also is that they ended up having a live-in babysitter with them. Uh, her name is Susan Madley, and it's very important. And she's... Uh, ends up being a good source of like comfort and a, and a advisor almost to Jenny because Jenny doesn't really like, you know, they, she has family in the area, but yeah, she doesn't really probably turn much to other people for assistance. Is she like, is this live-in babysitter, is she like a young woman or is she? An- She's very young. She's about 15 years old when this is all happening. Oh, okay. So yeah, because normally I think like, because I think older women would be called like a nanny. Or yeah. A- She's very like much a, like babysitter. A young adult would be like an au pair. Like, no, she's literally a babysitter. Mm-hmm. She is literally a babysitter. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure what the financial like workaround there is. Or, Free housing, maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe this girl didn't have a good relationship with her parents, but oh my god. <laughs> okay. Her parents did live in Ohio. So there was that. I did notice that there was a um, distance between them. Weird. As far as the nature of their, yeah, of their... Uh, their whole relationship i'm not sure there was apparently a, a string of conversations did set off the first murder but anyway it doesn't really matter like what the argument's about necessarily uh it's just the fact that this ended up happening but like any night on july 19th 1977 um in caramel maine uh jenny and uh, james live in a trailer park at this point and it's Pretty common occurrence for a lot of screaming and fighting to be heard from the trailer. But on this night, there's fighting, screaming, and then silence. And Jenny Hicks was found by the babysitter. 
It was pretty late at night, and uh, Susan ends up entering the trailer and sees Jenny sitting on the couch, kind of in an awkward position, just head is sitting lopsided on her body, their hair kind of falling on her face, and her limbs kind of splayed. Her sitting position is not natural. And then in the chair next to her is James, staring at the television, and it's just static on the screen. It's like those testing stations, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what Susan walks into on this night in 1977. She knows something's off, and in some testimony she gives, she kind of admits to herself that she knew that Jenny was dead. And she just stood there, didn't know what to do. And she just walked to her room, not thinking James notices her, and goes to sleep. Just tries to go to sleep. Oh my god. She can't sleep, though. She just goes in. But she even says that she woke up in the middle of the night and could tell james was standing over her bed ah, just staring at her no uh, no everything no, about no. this is terrible oh my god i know this sounds like uh the the scariest fucking like <laughs> like uh, serial killer film you'd see <laughs> this is just terrifying though I'm and like really interested in how he how how is this not How's he not caught here? That's the thing that blows my mind. If he was... There's a lot of stuff that happens from this point on. But there's so much in this that you will be surprised throughout the entire story that I'm going to give you. That why wasn't he caught sooner? Okay. All right. So we're at... So we're at part one of what the hell happened. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So... But oh my God. James does leave Susan's room eventually. Susan recalls hearing movement outside and dragging. When she got up in the morning, Jenny was gone from the couch. And so was James. The day, the next day from uh, July 19th, Denise uh, Lynn, which is Jenny's sister, was expecting Jenny to pick her up from a dentist appointment and didn't know where she was. She was late. She was supposed to come by around 1 p.m. James comes to Denise's house and says he can't find Jenny and her glasses are missing. Okay. And then she he left from there. James did come back a little later and, and told Denise that, oh, when I got home, the lights were on in the trailer and all her stuff was gone. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm an idiot. <laughs> So I've been referring to, uh, I've been referring to Jenny, Jenny Hicks as, uh, her, with her maiden name is Jenny Lynn, because I thought that was actually her, her middle maiden name. name, but that was just her middle name. So I'm a dumbass. Here's the, the, I'm a dumbass, uh, automatic corrections department here. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so her last name, her maiden name was Sire. C-Y-R. Oh, Seer. So, sorry about that. Seer. Yeah, Seer. Sire. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, back to what I was originally saying. I was trying to remember one thing, and then I ran into another issue. No worries. <laughs> anyway, we're starting off great. I swore I researched. <laughs> so, Mariah Seer... Jenny's mother 
ended up calling the sheriffs uh, and, you know, put out kind of like a missing persons for for Jenny, try to see where she went. Um, Mariah said that she knew that something seemed off, that she wouldn't run away or wouldn't do anything like that. Um, and she knew about the history of violence that James has inflicted upon Jenny throughout the marriage mm-hmm. um, and knew that he has something to do with this. But the sheriffs came by. They didn't find anything out of place. They couldn't find any information. And one of the weird stories and instances here is that the sheriffs did arrive. They knew Susan was there and they talked to Susan directly. They did a thorough investigation. James was pretty much the prime suspect throughout this whole experience. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And Denise didn't like reported not believing him. Mariah reported not believing him. He had everything against him. But Susan wasn't brave enough to speak up. When the, pol- oh. when the police showed up, James was there right next to Susan as she was giving testimony. No. I hate it when they do this. I fucking it's hate like it you when gotta they do keep this. them separated. And maybe there was a point of separation that they had, but she just wasn't willing to cooperate with I this. I mean, she's fifteen. She, she lives with him. Her parents are in Ohio. She probably has nowhere else to go. But why she has no options, the fuck yeah. would they interview this fifteen-year-old with this guy there? <laughs> I know. Like, if he did do you it, gotta she- have. She's in danger. You're in danger, girl. (laughs) But she reported not knowing anything, not seeing anything. Oh, my God. Didn't give any information. Holy shit. It did. Holy shit. It truly did. And, like, it's going to come back. But she wasn't able to give any information. And about four days after these events all take place, she phones a friend and, like, runs away to Ohio. She told her story to a friend and her friend wanted to call the cop wanted her to call the cops, but Susan was still too scared. She was too scared. She was afraid that James would come find her. Um and without this witness testimony that would have been crucial to this case, after three weeks the case is completely cold. There are no leads. Nobody can do anything because they can't do anything on just suspicions alone. They needed that testimony. But everyone kind of already knows that James is responsible for this. Yeah. Especially in a little it's town like, a like, well-known like secret, this. Basically. Yeah. Five years after the disappearance of Jenny and still nothing. Yeah, James is still kind of doing whatever, you know, random little jobs here and there that he gets by with. And in 1982, another woman ends up missing. And this time in Newport, Maine. What happened with his children? Does he still have custody over them? He did. Okay. Yeah. He still had custody over them. So in Newport, Maine, on October 16th, 1982, Gerilyn Towers goes into the Gateway Lounge. She's a single mother with two children. And at the lounge, she meets James Hicks, who asks to buy her some drinks. They have some drinks together, chat a bit, seems charming, and they leave the bar together. Mm -hmm. And the next day, Gerilyn does not return home. 
So Gerilyn's uh, mother is the first to notice that she isn't to be found and ends up calling the police. From there, the Newport police pick up an investigation and they don't really have any information. They just knew that she went out to this bar. So they end up calling the bartender um, and the owner and trying to get some information from them. And they try to find the guy that she's with. Bartender couldn't really provide much useful information um, at that time. But then that same bartender saw James at the bar again a few weeks later. And she was like, that's the guy. So James ends up coming back to the bar. Where Jer- uh, uh, yeah. and uh, Just a couple weeks. The cops were called. They showed up on the scene. They talked to James directly. And said he was not with any woman that night. He wasn't with anybody, had no idea what they were talking about, and uh, nothing proceeded from there. But apparently, he did. Uh, he did call the bar later mm-hmm. and threatened the bartender. Of course he that, did. Yeah, yeah. Of, of course, course he of course. Did. It's like, why are you harassing me? And then causing a you know threat to that person. Obviously, the actions of a very innocent person. Oh, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. So fucking innocent. James continues having some interviews with the police and during he became upset during the, the interviews and uh, his girlfriend at the time he even called the cops to like end the interview and they ended the interview at that time. Okay. But what's interesting though throughout this whole experience is that during the line of questioning he gets upset and says you think I killed her. And like the the cop is like, what? He's <laughs> <laughs> like, you think I killed my first wife? And whoa, then the whoa, cop whoa. was like, what? I did not ask about that. Yeah, yeah. James like says during this interview that you think you I killed my first wife. And the cop was like, I did not ask about also, that. Also, <laughs> I feel like that's one of those things where you bring it up and then the other person's like, okay, you gotta go Google that now. <laughs> had no idea that was even on the table so that's exactly what they did (laughs) (laughs) so uh, at this time yeah the newport police were like um okay so they call up the penobscot sheriffs that were the first uh people in charge of the the jenny case and they were like uh so can you give us some information about the file related to the Jenny Hicks disappearance and what's going on with that. And uh, Penobscot Sheriff straight up just said there was no case file for the crime. What? Yeah. Like at all? I have no idea at all. I have no idea what, what happened here, but they just didn't have the information anymore. Are you f- I guess because there was there was no information. Oh my God. They couldn't provide anything useful, so they didn't make a case file. Okay. All right. I was going to say, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, I have questions. How, where are we going from here? Because this is two of three. <laughs> and yeah, it's still it's like mm, clerical error. <laughs> Bitch. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, a lot of I'm so fucking disappointed. It's very disappointing. I have to think of a name so for Newport, bumbling police because I had bumbling burglars, which is burblers. Burblers. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, wait, no, just know. kidding. That's just hmm. the police. 
Just the Continue. police. Oh, sick burn. <laughs> I think I need some fucking aloe for that. So Newport had to start from scratch on this investigation related to Jenny Hicks. Oh, so they're looking into it, though. They Yeah, they decide to look into it okay, themselves. Okay, cool. Because it just came up all of a sudden, so they're like, okay, now we're going to Yeah, have and to that, look those are the this. words of a very innocent man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, okay, well, let's... Oh, uh, no, don't you understand? It's just very unfortunate. He just happened to know two women who disappeared. It's like, hey, I can't get a break. Why do you think I'm killing all these women all of a sudden just because they're around me all the time? Don't you know, <laughs> I have so many women around me all the time, and they're not all dead. <laughs> Not all. I mean, of them are missing. Dead. I got a girlfriend right now. I mean, missing, <laughs> not dead. Missing. I wouldn't know if they're dead. They're, I, they're just missing. <laughs> I saw this stupid Reddit post that was like, "Oh, is it a red flag that my uh, husband keeps um, these driver's license of all these missing women?" <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> hmm, Ma'am, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I think you need to get out of the call. Is coming from inside the house. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, a neighbor of the trailer that you know, James was living at at the time in Caramel, Maine, was able to give a little bit more information and uh, about that night and mentioned the living babysitter that uh, was at the trailer at the time. Uh, they had some documentation to kind of like look back on of uh, some information between the babysitter and James and Jenny. Um, but all they were able to find was like a first name and they, uh, and Sue just, uh, that was mm-hmm. it. So all they were able to get was her first name and they had to go through like a phone book, a literal phone book, trying to figure out like, what was her last oh name? Oh my God. Um, they knew she was from Ohio. They kind of knew the town and they were able to just like go from mm-hmm. there and they, well, actually they found her last name eventually as Matley. Okay. And then went from there through the phone book. They found Susan when she was um, on her shift at a convenience store. And they were like, is this Susan Matley? And she was like, yes. It's like, hi, we're uh, here to talk about, you know. Um, <laughs> she actually started with, you're here to talk about Hicks. Jenny Hicks. They're like, yes, we are. <laughs> I've been expecting you. <laughs> We've been expecting you. So this is actually interesting. So she she did run away to Ohio, but she at this time is settled up in Hollis, New Hampshire. So not that far okay. from Maine at this time. Um, she, Susan pretty much right on the spot confirmed that a murder did occur. And she told the entire story. The night she came in, how she found Jenny on the couch. And seeing james just completely zoned out hearing the dragging seeing him stand over her bed in the middle of the night staring at him and the horror she felt living there for four days after the murder she's like what 20 now because it's been like five or so years so yeah five years yeah Yeah, so she would be 20 so she was able to give all this information and it is enough to to take it to a grand jury awesome and get an indictment amazing yeah you're not gonna be no i'm not i know i know i'm not not. (laughs) there's still one more to go (laughs) okay on october 4th 1983 the case is taken he's indicted for fourth degree murder which is manslaughter in maine um and he's sentenced 
to 10 years in prison. Okay. But he only serves six because he's such a nice guy. God, motherfucking hate. Yeah. Hate good behavior. Uh, yeah, no, it's such bullshit. It's like, oh yeah, he's reformed. My question <laughs> is, did they go with fourth degree oh, because of the lack of information that they had? Or lack of evidence? No body? That sort of thing? No body, no weapon, and like no motive. No other information. I will say it is interesting that they did indict him on just Susan's story alone. I think just because everything else kind of points to him. It's just there courts are really weird with circumstantial evidence, but I mean Yeah. They they got him for half of his sentence, him. but whatever. Yeah, no. I don't understand like how he's able oh, and to like, this get is, four years. This is off where this. your fun fact came in with the ten years for manslaughter. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. The last episode I talked about, oh, did you get 10 years for manslaughter? Fuck. Okay. So. But not if you're a cool guy, apparently. So Jimmy Hicks is just so nice that they're like, let Let him him go. go. Open that door. And by the way, even though they were able to get him for manslaughter for his first wife, there's not enough evidence to throw at him for Gerilyn Towers. Of course not. So they're not able to prove anything. Is her he body found? For... Or is she she's just Not yet! Cool! Okay, <laughs> sorry. Uh, nope, her body is not found, and they're not able to prove the damn thing uh, about his involvement with her. Jerilyn. Because he denies everything. Of course. You know? Yeah. And it's just the word of the bartender. And the bartender even didn't seem sure initially, wasn't able to like piece together a good story right away. But I mean, once he saw James, she was like, yeah, that one. This is also like, okay, I'm about to go a little tangential here because this is just such an insane part of this story. Um, As if this whole thing isn't, but go ahead. But but when on April 20th, 1984, James is sent to Thomaston State Prison um, and Gerilyn's brother, Vance Tibbetts, has heard of james because it's a small town that everybody talks heard of james suspected that james killed Geraldine, and proceeds to kind of vance proceeds to basically change his entire life to fuck with james at that very moment he confronts james in prison and he also considers murdering him right there. Yeah, he's also in prison. Vance is in prison. Okay, that for, that you you, uh, you, comp- you didn't Oh, I didn't make that clear enough. (laughs) Sorry about that. Vance is currently in prison for beating ass and uh, is with James in prison and is just like out to get him. Absolutely. Yeah, because he's just like, he's like, I got nothing better to do. (laughs) I got absolutely nothing better to do. (laughs) All right. So let's jump forward a little bit. Just a couple uh, easy six years here after uh, James gets out. I wonder uh, if that made, back the, made people feel sorry for him because Vance was fucking with him all the time. They're like, gotta get, <laughs> well, this gotta is... let him let him go. <laughs> <laughs> this is even funnier, though, because, okay, so 1990, uh, James gets a job in Brewer uh, doing maintenance for the Twin City Motel. Okay. And he starts dating again. Good for him. To uh, Lynn Ouellette. 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 Um, Ouellette. Ouellette. 
uh, and she they get married in 1994, but they like start off as kind of colleagues and uh, get into a relationship. Um, uh, Lynn works at the at that same motel that he's working at doing maintenance. Um, throughout, apparently, like James coming back to back to society. When Vance got out, Vance also made it basically a, a public. Um, he was thinking of killing James, but didn't ended up not doing it. So he just decided to spend most of his free time chasing uh, James around and harassing him in public. Okay, Vance. Like, just yelling at him. <laughs> yeah, Vance is, like, very interesting character. But, yeah, he just spends all this time, like, following James around, yelling at him in public, and, like, harassing him consistently. Yeah. Really just in the attempts to just make him angry. James gets back to, like, living his own life, um sort of he ends up getting married again uh for a year to lynn uh to um not lynn uh lynn lynn comes a little later uh sorry i was jumping around and all there's so many damn relationships this guy's had like okay so he gets before he starts dating lynn he gets married again why (laughs) i don't know but it was a very short amount of time he gets married for a year and then and then she gets the fuck out he get she gets the fuck out. After that, he ends up marrying that. Uh, so her, the person he was just married to, Melinda Gomes. After that marriage, he ends up getting married to her sister, no. Karen. Yep. No. And during that time, that marriage, uh, Karen and James end up getting separated three separate times, and then eventually, finally, file for divorce. Um. Oh, by the way, during both of the marriages, Hicks is having an affair with another woman who James ends up getting pregnant. Oh my god, he is swimming in pussy. What the fuck? What is up with this? Why? What is up with, like, women throwing themselves at serial killers? <laughs> what the hell? Okay. Is he attractive? I mean, he's got kind of a, a rough exterior to him, I guess. He's got kind of curly hair, which... I don't know if that's a plus or minus. I don't know, because I'm like just, like, thinking... shithead to me. Like, at least Ted Bundy was at least conventionally attractive, is what I... This is just... Is there something about him? Is, why? <laughs> I don't understand straight I people. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> just so promiscuous. Help me. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know how this works. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so yeah, he's sleeping around. He's getting divorces left and Jeez, right. Okay. He loves paying alimony. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't get enough of it. <laughs> I'm also assuming that his kids are no longer in the picture at this point. Um, yeah, at this point, uh, they're not really I, I in, think, in the picture. Because I think being in jail kind of complicates your parental rights yeah oh you killed mom that's cool Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm not really entirely sure about the full extent of their relationship because i had that was too much to unpack (laughs) you're too busy unpacking all of these relationships and divorces and marriages and affairs i literally can't keep up it's insane because also when he apparent when he was he went out with gerilyn that's her name yeah yeah. He was dating someone else then. So yeah. he was probably murder picked her up to murder her, but nonetheless was out. Seeking. Yeah. 
a relationship potentially or like a cheating Mm -hmm. whatever um some kind of affair so let's get back to vance here (laughs) hi vance no hi vance how's it going november 1995 uh hicks finally files a harassment um a restraint harassment against vance Mm -hmm. tibbets trying to get a restraining order he's like hey this guy keeps like shouting at me about how i murdered his sister but i didn't he so he so james goes to the cops and it says hey i want to file like a restraining order against vance tibbets it's like okay what's up with them it's like he keeps thinking i murdered his sister well did you no but i did murder my <laughs> wife probably but i did murder my wife yeah <laughs> that's proved um yeah, i got I served for that uh but so yeah again james comes to the police talks to the cops and they immediately become suspicious that James sets up killing Gerald. Good. Because you know what happened? Hicks admits he did leave the bar with Gerald in that night. Okay. All right. We're getting somewhere. And they're like, whoa, we just got more information from this guy than we got like so long ago. Uh-huh. Awesome. And for some reason, Hicks agrees to some more interviews about Gerald Towers. Um... Which he also does in the presence of his girlfriend at that time, I guess, onward. Is she a lawyer? No, Lynn Willette. No, she just, he just wanted to do it in front of her to, I don't know, uh, scare the shit out of her? <laughs> I guess. It's just like, uh, it's like, you are, you, you can have legal counsel. No, just my girlfriend. Just my girlfriend. That's all I need. It's, it's just my girlfriend. You, you sure you don't want a lawyer? <laughs> nope, just Lynn. <laughs> So this is going to be a bad country song. Don't need a defense attorney. I got my girl Just right my beside baby. me. <laughs> and it would go straight to the like country top 100 because that's how all country songs are, right? Yeah, that's how they go. <laughs> all it's either my tractor is sexy, I'm really drunk and having a affair or i am drunk and beating my wife or i am drunk and yeah. screaming <laughs> or my girlfriend died my girlfriend. <laughs> but i didn't do it <laughs> um so still still boyfriend and girlfriend even going strong after that are you kidding me okay yeah may 25th in 1996 lynn does not return from work lynn oh yeah fuck Okay. Lynn probably was a nice gal. I, I don't know. And yeah. So what ended up happening, um, well, James reports Lynn is missing. And apparently Lynn's sister the night before was talking to uh was talking to her and was just convincing her to move out of James' place. There's a lot of tension going on, things were getting awkward, James was stressed, it it sounded like. Mm-hmm. And you know, with that information, the police basically determined that they believed Lynn was killed probably somewhere in the hotel, but no evidence is found at the time. Um, but word got around that the cops suspected that James has killed somebody and the police station was being flooded with calls because mm-hmm. Vance has been screaming at James all over town. James's shit's been getting around here for a long while the entire public's coming around to try to try to like give any information whatsoever to put james away i hate i will say that i hate that he is smart enough to 
continue reporting the people he's murdered missing. Yeah. Instead of just, like, not saying anything and letting it play out. Yeah, because that, yeah, but fine. It's fine. You know what? Out of the two evils, Vance is the good one here, I guess. <laughs> Vance, I, I kind of like Vance. He's just, like, going around yeah. and just talking shit. He, he thought he was... His intention originally was to beat James's ass and kill him, but uh, he decided just to make his um, life a living hell. Every life a living hell, yeah, exactly. He's like, you know what? I want him to like live in regret um, and scream at him all the time. Mm-hmm. Also, but, I also uh, hate the fact that she probably got killed at work. She did get killed I at work. I fucking yeah. hate it. Um, yeah, it's pretty awful. But in um. But there's no information at this time. They can't find anything about, like, was James involved? And, this is, again, like, her disappearance is May 25th. <laughs> September of 96, same year. Hicks moves in with his 18-year-old girlfriend and gets her pregnant. No. And they end up married. Jackson, no. Yep. How old is he at this point? So he is 45 years old when he's uh, getting this girl pregnant. No. No. So they end up getting married. So, you know, uh, he cares about values, at least family values. No. no. So that's pretty nice. No, Jackson. No, it's not <laughs> but nice. Th- isn't this insane, though? Like, three women dead, cold cases, no bodies found. He keeps getting away with this. And anyway, and all these women, like he has this history surrounding him. And all these women keep going after him. That's, What's going well, on? that's the, that's my thing is this is a small town. It's not like, I don't know. Do we know? Also, do we know? Is this the first time he's dated someone this young? Because I guess my only question would be how much younger are all of these other women than him? And is it a power dynamic where they are... I, mean, I don't know if groomed is the right word, but where they wouldn't be in a situation, like they would fall for him if he's charming, despite these rumors, or they'd be like, ah, he's the bad boy. Like, is there, su- are they young enough to kind of continue falling into this? I guess. Hmm. I, I get where you're, what you're saying. Um, and I'm also not saying that older women don't also make shitty choices when it comes to dating, because they do. Well. But. Well, well, Gerilyn Towers was older. Right. She already had two kids. Right. And, and obviously Jenny was the same, around the same age as him. Yes, Jenny was around the same age. And um, as far as, like, uh, Lynn Willette. Lynn, I understand a little bit more because she's working with him. Yeah, so you're not really seeing... You You see them every day, but you're also not really seeing them. We don't bring our real face to work, let's right. be honest. Right, so it's, it's very easy <laughs> to think you know someone that you work with. I just... Yeah, with Vance running around, I just... I, I really struggle being well, like... Well, okay, so Lynn... Lynn was actually 40 years old. Okay, okay. so they're around the same so, age. So Jenny was 23, Gerilyn was 34, and Lynn was 40. So each of his victims are kind of in the same age bracket that he is in at the time that he commits the murder. 
Okay. Yeah. I just... Each of these, like, as, as far as, like, motivation or, like, targeting, it, it is just the people that are close, close in yeah. relationships with them. Even though Gerilyn is a little different because it's... Right, because it's more of a one-night stand, yeah, I it's guess like, you could see as that. It, and you don't know, did he pick her up t- with the intent of murdering her? Because his, the other murders appear at the moment to be crimes of, um, con- not convenience. Convenience? Mm-hmm. Opportunity? Like, it's not... It, you could argue, was it premeditated? Maybe not, because especially like with Jenny, you've got this history of domestic violence and it makes sense that he would escalate. But the other Mm -hmm. two at the moment, we're not really clear on. I don't think it really gets more clear, honestly. Like from what I can gather, most of the murders occurred because there was some sudden argument that drove James to that point. So Jimmy just has There's an anger problem is what you're telling me. Jimmy's got an anger problem. That's really what it comes down to in all these situations. At least that's what I surmise. Yeah. Ugh. Jenny got murdered because she probably brought up another argument or some issue that she had with James. Gerilyn, I'm not sure what really happened there. She could have just Lynn, done something, said something he didn't she like. She could have done something. Like no. Like no. Yeah. Something as normal yeah. as that. Uh, Lynn... Uh, there was an argument that happened there. She she was already talking to her sister that she was going to move out from James. So, like, yeah. there's tension happening. Um, So, 96, yeah, he's got <laughs> September 96, getting married to his 18-year-old girlfriend. Gross, 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 gross. gross. So, they're, they're together for a while, though. Um, and in 1999, James and the family pack up and move down to Lovell in Texas. Yeehaw! Hold on a minute. Is there no investigation into Lynn's death that involves him at this moment? To the point where three years nope. go by and he... The most that ends up happening is that there are detectives that are monitoring James. And oh my God. there's so much history surrounding him that they now label him as a suspected serial killer. But they haven't been able to book him because they don't have any evidence to throw it at him. So what they end up doing, they hear that he moves to Loveland, Texas, and they call the sheriffs at Loveland and let them know, hi, we got this guy, James. You guys need to keep an eye on him. He's got a history of violence against women. He was booked away for manslaughter on his first wife. We suspect that he's killed two other women additionally. Um, So... Please keep that in mind and uh, monitor accordingly. Yeah, so the police are clued into the suspicions here. Um, So let's get on to the meat, where things go. This is where the justice starts coming in here. I'm fucking ready for this. But yeah, some terrible shit's going to happen Oh my god, Jackson. (laughs) No one one else is going to die, I promise you that. No one else is going to die. There's going to be some light elder abuse coming up. Yeah, just a little light elder abuse. Don't worry about it. So on April 8th, 2000, in the year 2000, <laughs> James takes a job as a handyman at uh, just a normal little side contractor job uh, for June Moss. 
uh, an elderly person named June Moss. He's just like working on a basic, like um, I believe it's just her vehicle at the home. And then at some point during his work, he takes his gun out, enters her home, and begins to threaten June. You can, I just have a, I've had a very dissatisfied look on my face this whole time. You look very upset. Yes, I see it. Just grimace. <laughs> just not happy about anything happening. Yeah, he's, yeah, you know what? I'm starting to think this guy's kind of a jerk. Really? I thought he was yeah. a really nice Something. young man. I don't ah. know. I mean, he got four years off, so he must be nice, right? He must right? be a really nice man. All the women really <laughs> love him. He's such a gentleman. He's such so, a gentleman that Jim- they're all willing to open up their pussies for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take your baby. How many? Yeah, because um, at least he's at least had children with at least three women. At least. Yeah. At least. There's a quiz at the end. James, uh, during the threatening of June, James disconnects the phone and he demands cash and also forces her to write over the title of her vehicle to him at gunpoint. He also then makes her write a suicide note and then he proceeds to force June to drink a 20 ounce bottle, Coke bottle, of cough syrup she june falls on the bed in her bedroom and testimony says that she could hear um him calling people in the next room and in her delirium she's able to get up from the bed though and run out the front door to the neighbors and alert them saying that someone's trying to kill god bless june moss holy fuck thank god june just find that little old lady's strength to get up and scream for help. She's screaming. She's wanting them to call 911. The neighbors spy James Hicks leaving in his vehicle. And the neighbors get in their own car and start following Good. him. They see him end up throwing evidence into two different dumpsters around town. And then they lose track of him. And they're on the phone with the cops trying to call him up, give information. The Lubbock police, so Loveland is near yep, Lubbock, by yes. the way, in case you wanted to know where Loveland was. I feel was, like I, for those I who know that unfamiliar. because there are other crime stories that take place in this area <laughs> that I am aware of. This is a uh, West yes. Texas, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I never want to visit West Texas. No. It sounds like a lawless environment. I saw hell or high water. <laughs> it looks sh- like shit. <laughs> So the Lubbock police end up joining the neighbors and they're able to find, uh, look through the dumpsters and what they find? Uh, the gun and a torn up suicide note that he forced June to write. I don't know why you wouldn't just like sprinkle that outside of your car. If you're already torn it up, why throw it into like the same dumpster? Not to give any serial killers like any good ideas out there. I am also surprised. I don't know. I don't know if it's because, like, this is the first time he's been caught in the act, but he hid three fucking bodies before this. Yeah. How did he fuck up now? I'm happy he fucked up. I'm happy he fucked up. I, you know, I really do think it's just, like, there's too many woods around here. We gotta cut down some trees so we can find all these bodies there between To be honest, the answer is probably yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, big dense forests where you. Can I've hide said it before. I'll, I said it before, and I'm gonna say it again. There are probably a lot of places in Maine where people have never put their little pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there is like a lot of undisturbed forest. Mm-hmm. I'd love to go check it out, and uh, I guess then that would make it disturbed. So maybe I guess I, can't I was gonna go say check you're gonna be the one to disturb it. I'm gonna fuck it up. Wow! Like many white men before me, I was gonna say that's a me, very white male destroy the world thing of you to say. <laughs> I'm going to be a kangaroo. <laughs> Let me colonize this. Um, so, so James has got all the evidence against mm-hmm. him in fucking Texas. So this is going to go good. On April 10th, 2000, that's not me advocating for the death penalty, by the no, way. I, know, no, I don't no, no, like no, no. the death penalty. I didn't think anyway. that that's what you were doing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's I just in my head, I just sounds like that. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm here for a little prairie justice or some <laughs> shit like that." I'm, I'm not into that. Prairie justice. Hang him high. TM. Trademark that. Prairie justice. Trademark that. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> on April tenth, two thousand. So just a couple days, just two days after all the events take place, James is charged with aggravated assault and robbery. Yay. Uh, and if you're not aware, in Texas, that's life. Thank God. <laughs> He's looking at a very long sentence, possibly life in Texas prison. So what ends up happening? The main police get word of it, and they decide to give him a call and say, Hey, uh, ooh, Texas, look, uh, heard about uh, your situation. Sounds like you're going to be living in Texas prison. Oh, man, that's going to be... That must be pretty rough. Man, it would be great if you had any information about Geraldine Towers and Lynn. That'd be really nice if you had any info there that you could give us about that. Maybe we could come up with a deal. Seven days later, Hicks wants to talk to the mm-hmm. police. I'm sure he does. And is willing to admit to the murders. I'm sure he the deal, does. Yeah. So the deal is, is that he will confess and he will tell you where the bodies are uh as long as he can serve his sentences in maine life life okay it's murder we're still life. doing life yeah. excellent all right cool. yeah still doing life he just so doesn't want to be life in, in texas, texas or life in maine that's it yeah he really he has heard the worst stories and i guess they did let him stew in there for a minute he's been to maine prison so he has that reference and already. he's like well and then he was in a texas prison he was like this sucks i'm, I'm really surprised that his other thing was like whatever you do do not put me in prison with vance again <laughs> <laughs> that would be great i'll do that prison just, just not with vance <laughs> fucking put vance in a different prison put him in a different state for all i care like put him I in texas not be in the same cell as vance again <laughs> Put him in Texas. <laughs> My life for Vance. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they come down to give him some, uh, in some, some more, you know, detectives come down to Texas and start having like the interview about where the bodies are. And also to talk about the murders, how it happened, what did he do, methods, motivations, all that. In a um, interview with each other, they're just sitting in a room and, um, James is eating a sandwich as he describes the grisly details of murdering his three victims. In between bites, he would be like, or talking about murdering and dismembering his first wife. 
and strangling her with a belt, he'd ask for mustard. No. He's a piece of shit. I don't know if you knew that. I had an inkling. <laughs> yeah, big jerk. Big jerk. Yeah, so with his first wife, he admits to strangling her with a belt. Okay. And he ended up dismembering her and scattering her remains throughout some woods. Wow. With Geraldine Towers, he took her into his car. And then he went into the back seat behind her and strangled her from the back seat with his uh, bare hands. And with Lynn, he strangled her in a hotel room at the, uh, the motel they worked at. And he laid her on the floor, put her on top of a plastic tarp, and dismembered her body. At work. At work. They asked him why he did all this, and he said he was not sure. Did he dismember Geraldine too? Or did he not specify? He, he did end up doing something with Geraldine's body. So apparently, according to his confession, um, he kept Geraldine's remains in the trunk of his car for two weeks and then dismembered her and buried her remains in a field on property he owned, which is also what he ended up doing with Lynn. He kept her, as in he kept her in her remains or? Okay, so with um, Lynn... Her remains were put into a bucket. She was dismembered. And then her remains were put into a bucket and then buried in a shallow grave near an interstate. Fuck this guy so bad. Fuck him. Yeah. This guy's pretty Fuck shitty. Fuck this guy. Um, so to kind of get... It's just horrifying. Like, And he's just being super casual about... He's the being way casual. He's... He... Ugh. He, he he says he doesn't have a reason for killing his women or can't come up with something. But to me, like, sounds like the, once the opposition comes out, that's when he lashes out. Yeah, he's la- And in these instances, he's lashing out. He's lashing out. out, and he doesn't see anything wrong with it. No. I mean, with the Ger- with Gerilyn Towers, it sounds like he was out to kill someone. Yeah, it definitely does. But with Lynn and with uh, Jenny, it sounds like some conflict arose. It was an escalation in the heat of the moment. An escalation in the moment, yeah. And I hate that term, heat of the moment, by the way. I know that's like the best way to describe it. I also really hate, you know, the crimes of passion, quote unquote. Oh, Jesus. I hate that. I'm like, why would I be passionate about murdering someone? I don't like the term. That's why, like, typically, like, stabbing is a sign of a crime of passion whereas a gun is i don't know cold and calc i don't know but it's just the more into same with strangulation they're like it's more intimate the other thing i want to point out is it takes like 23 minutes to manually strangle a human being yeah or or crush their windpipe i guess so him 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 like that's a lot like to me, that's just like, you have to intentionally continue doing this. It's not the same yeah. as shooting someone or stabbing them and then being like, oh, fuck, what have I done? Like, he's like, right. this is a commitment. <laughs> yeah, he admits to everything, though. He identifies where the bodies can be found, where he disposed of remains. Do they find the remains? They do. Excellent. Uh, and he actually end up comes, he, I mean, they bring him back to yeah. Maine. 
and he is a and they and then he goes around and like is able to identify where the remains of his victims were or placed. Uh, Haynesville Woods, um, area near Jenkins Beach, um, and then yeah, like where Geraldine Towers was was left, and then also. Um, Okay. Oh, so here's the awful thing. So uh, I guess Lynn's body was found in two different places. So near Haynesville Woods and then near Jenkins Beach in uh, Bangor. Um, then Gerilyn, yeah, was found on the property. And uh, Jenny's remains were found in the, the Caramel area. So too little too late. Yeah. My next question is, do they... I'm just thinking... It, is it just three? That's what I'm not sure about. They can definitely get them for three. My feeling is like from the moment that Jenny went missing, I feel like this guy was on notice. So. It... Well, not not really. He, even. He's not. Really not until the third murder. Like, do they start actually giving a shit about the guy? Because it's, it's, it's like, like they, was... they set up the framework for it, but it. I feel the first sheriff's the first sheriff's completely fucked yeah, up the case, fucked and then Newport Newport was able to get some kind of sentencing for the first murder, um, and then you know Gerilyn, they can't get anything for Gerilyn, they can't get anything Lynn. for Lynn, and like just nothing is available to to get the book. I just realized that Gerilyn is a combination of Jenny and Lynn, name wise. Holy shit. Uh, You're welcome. Huh. Wow. Yeah, it is. Um, which, I don't know what to make which of that. she's in the middle, <laughs> so it's not like he did it on purpose. I'm just saying. Right. I don't know if it's like a... <laughs> I don't know, man. This guy can fucking suck it. He can fucking suck it. I hate that it. he's still alive. Like, yeah. Well, at least as far as I know. <laughs> so, obviously, December fourth prison. He's prison, yeah. Uh, December 4th, 2000, uh, James is brought into trial, smiling for the cameras. He is actually smiling for the cameras and footage of this trial. fucking disgusting. He's very casual, chilled out, doesn't really seem like to think about the gravity of the situation or the lives he took. With family of the victims behind him. Just yucking it up. Passing jokes to his lawyer. He's given two life sentences and 55 years for the assault on June Moss in Texas. Um, the, the life sentences are for the murders. Mm-hmm. That's my mom. I'll talk to her later. We're doing great. He's currently great. serving his... We're doing great, yeah. This is a very professional podcast. <laughs> He's serving his sentence in the main state prison in Warren, Maine. So there's finally justice. He is put away for good. He can't harm anybody again. But it's just such a shame that it got to this point. Really, though? Because they... It's not like he was particularly good at hiding what he did. It's just, again, clerical error, or they just didn't have... Like, geez, Louise. I know. It... it... A clerical hour here, a little missing case there. file there. It's fine. <laughs> Who cares? Oh, it's totally I must fine. have must have uh, thrown that out with the yearly cleaning. <laughs> Pop quiz. Yeah. Here I am. Pop quiz. 
I haven't mentioned all the children that he has. Uh-huh. How many children do you think James has? Well, he hold we on. Know of hold on. T- he has two. Okay. He had two with Jenny. Mm-hmm. He had because around the time that Gerilyn disappeared, you said that he was dating a woman and then was having an affair and got someone pregnant. So that's three. And then he got his mm-hmm. 18-year-old girlfriend pregnant. So that's four. Mm-hmm. That's four we know Four that of. we yeah. know of. And. That you have mentioned. Just kind of give a guess. I didn't mention but them all because I, I like just I, did not want to keep I'm going <laughs> to guess conservatively that he has fathered 10 children. Whoa. You're actually over. I am. Surprising. Yep. Uh, seven. Okay. I'd say that's pretty close, yeah. though. Is this guy Catholic? <laughs> I don't know. No, because he <laughs> murdered three people, assaulted an elderly lady, and then also impregnated all sorts of... Oh, wait, no, he's just like a priest. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, he probably went to confession, and like the priest was like, oh, yeah, you're, you're good fine. now. You're some Hail Marys, nah, buddy. Gotcha. <laughs> got you. How many marriages did Hicks have? He had... Jenny, the two sisters, and then at least the 18-year-old. So again, at least yeah. four. I'm going to guess that he has been married six times. Four times. Just the four? Okay. I just thought you four, were doing the, the same thing that you did with no, the No, kids. no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but seven kids, four marriages. What the fuck? Every instance, every like fucking... When I research every moment in history with this guy, he's always in a relationship. I don't get it. Again, I like, I have a lot of... it's Again, it is weird because it's not like he's in the same general area. Everybody knows the rumors about him. Right? Like, we're all clued into what's happening here, right? Yeah. Like, but I guess, you know, people didn't have access to information as much. So I guess you could time. be like, in Lynn's case, if she sees, works with him and she's like, but he's so nice. Like, are you sure? <laughs> right. <laughs> you're, you're not thinking about these things, I'm sure, like in the 90s, 80s. You're not able to get information about like, hey, your boyfriend might be a serial killer. He, you know, um, the dick game must be so strong. <laughs> He must have a huge penis, yeah. <laughs> With such a He's shitty very, personality. Uh, virile. Viral? Virile? Guy, guy cannot hold a job down. Yeah, he must have an enormous dick. I'm not sure if I'll keep this part in. <laughs> oh my god. So that's the story of James Fuck Hicks. that guy. Jimmy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Jackson. Thank god he's in prison. Thanks. Thanks for this. This was a doozy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to you. This is our last episode of 2021, and you are going out with a bang, my friend. Absolutely. Uh, And, you know, listeners, if it was a little bit kind of awkward to listen to, that's because we haven't done Zoom before. Yeah, this is our first time trying to figure this out. And also, both of our wives needed help. Your mom called. (laughs) Yep. There's a lot going on here. (sighs) Um, but I think, but we're doing our yeah, best. I think here, for the but, most part, it's probably going to be fine. <laughs> we don't, we don't, we're not going to keep this up. That's the thing. Is like we're doing this as a uh, a thing that we need to do yeah. now. We've got to keep the yeah, show. Yeah, my going. preference is in um, person. <laughs> absolutely, like guys, we're going to keep doing these in person for sure. 
Uh, but yeah, I hope that you all liked listening to the story of James Hicks. I absolutely hated it. There, again, a lot of information, a lot of stories uh, surrounding this guy. Um, a lot of people have told this story before, so I'm not surprised if y'all have heard of it. So, but thank you so much for for listening anyway. Now, um, and I enjoyed listening, uh, hearing about it, and learning about it myself because I know anything about this going in. So it was really yeah. exciting. Do you have something to lift our spirits? Like, um, oh, what's it called? A um, a manism. Hey, hey, it's a manism. I do have a manism. Yeah. Yes. I do, I do, I do. I do, I do, I do. I have a main saying, and I really love okay. it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do every main saying in the world. That seems stupid. <laughs> um, but maybe this could be just like uh, uh, another I'm sure I've done a main saying before, but I really just pick out the ones that I think are kind of mm. like kind of fun yeah you've done uh, up to camp i've done up to camp just i really like that one um and here's another one i'm throwing at okay hard telling not knowing hard telling not knowing isn't that fun isn't that fun and what does that mean i was gonna say that's all that i'm going to (laughs) attempt to translate hard telling not knowing oh okay oh so hard telling not knowing I would use that. Hard telling, not knowing. I would use that. Just imagine, just imagine like some uh, some farmer just hanging outside, and you ask him like, "Hey, uh, think the Pats are going to win uh, this uh, this Sunday?" And he's going to be hard telling, not knowing. Basically, I I can't say for sure because I don't know. That's literally all that there means. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's like I don't have the information. I'm can't just tell imagining you. Judd. Can't be bothered. Oh yeah, it seems like such a Judd saying. Pet Cemetery for those uh, uninformed. Check out the episode, <laughs> the bonus episode, by the way, for Pet Cemetery. The pair, that's our best bonus episode so far. I think I that's think. our best episode. I think um, that's that is the one with the most at the moment. Speaking of the amount yeah. of listens, also we're almost at a thousand listens, and uh, preemptive thank you. So but excited. we're gonna think of something yes. fun to do. In celebration of yes. this, um, I'm gonna. I say we get a cake. <laughs> we should get a cake. But <laughs> that's a good idea. Yeah. A lot of t- like I'm. We're really just doing this because we love to do it. But to see that we do have a listener base that continues to listen to us and enjoy us, we really appreciate that yeah. a lot. We're gonna always. We're, it could be like zero people are listening to this or. A million people will still produce these episodes we are we're here for the fun uh to for the joy of making something and putting it out there mm-hmm. so everybody thank you so much for support and love and the listens of course that you're sending us i also way. wanted to give a shout out to our friend anna who uh she just started her own pad- podcast called the main volva and we are gonna have a little trailer for her at some point maybe on this episode you may have heard it already yeah but she made yeah. us stickers for christmas <laughs> of our logo and it was really awesome it is it is so sick yeah she made not only did she like she made a sticker she made magnets oh yeah yes she made some fan art. And also one of the stickers was holographic. <laughs> Which is so freaking cool. Um, but yeah, so much love to you. So much love to you, Anna. Yes. Like, 
good luck on the project and um yeah the episode's out already mm-hmm. so go yeah check and out, one of guys. them also features my wife so yeah exactly <laughs> special <listen>. guest <laughs> It's a, it's pretty cool. A lot of uh, long conversations, I think. Like, I think they're pretty, pretty good, meaty episodes mm-hmm. and uh, very interesting subjects. So definitely check it out. I guys. also, if anybody is interested, I eventually would like to have my wife Allegra on to talk about um, maybe poisonous plants in Maine, <laughs> deadly plants in Maine. As, as our, as our Mainism for yes. the day. <laughs> I, Absolutely I think that would be fun, but. Yeah, we're closing out 2021 and we're really happy. I'm really happy with everything so far, how it's panning out. And I've been wanting to do this podcast since 2018. So for me to finally have someone who's willing to do it with me, thank you, Jackson, and having people have such a good reaction to it, I am over the moon, really. I'm with you there. I've been I've been really wanting to get into some kind of project. It and it truly has been like, oh, I don't want to do it by myself. And it's been kind of a struggle to try to get somebody who's on the same like page and like wavelength as you. So thank you, B, for having me join this project. It's been awesome. You're so welcome. <laughs> um and again, yes, thank you, listeners. Like we we uh, we will do this. We do this mostly for ourselves, but it's also nice to do it for other yeah. people. Thanks so. for coming on the uh, ride. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Also, like a shameless plug, like please go ahead and uh, mention our podcast to your friends. Share it around. Um, if you like us, we'd love uh, to keep getting people rate out us there, and yeah. review us. That's like I like yeah. I love to see feedback and. Or send us hate mail. It's nice yeah. to connect in whatever <laughs> way us, it, it goes. Tell us that too, I guess. Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Spit in our inbox. <laughs> thank you once again for joining us for Homegrown Horror. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You can reach out to us on our Twitter at HGHpod or on our Instagram at HomegrownHorrorPod. We hope to see you again soon. Welcome to the main vulva, where I, a main vulva, take you along for my spiritual learning journey. My name is Hilda, and I've created this podcast to share with you all the ins and outs of Norse mythos, Viking culture, and to bring a compiled insight from my cozy seaside town in Maine. I hope you'll tune in for all the Norse knowledge that I've got to offer and learn alongside me. Thok and Farahel Okvil.